Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. Today's interview is with Samaj Hunter. We really dove down the rabbit hole of connection in this episode. Um, This is honestly one of our only conversations that we've ever had, be that through a video screen. It was really cool to see someone who values connection as much as I do. He has a lot of accomplishments so far in his career, and you'll be able to learn a lot of things from this interview. So I hope you check it out, um, share it on social media, and go learn about what he's all about. Thanks for listening. So welcome to episode 128 of the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by Samaj Hunter. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. How has your day gone so far? Like, we're just talking for the first time ever. So I get to know all about you. What makes who you who you are? What's your routine like on like a, a typical Tuesday? Yeah, so I mean, I, you can't even ask me what day it is right now. Sometimes um, I've definitely lost track on multiple occasions, just because um, I'm not used to being inside this much. We, you know, we, uh, we were traveling a bit uh, throughout the winter. So August right through up to November and end of November. And then we were back and forth from States in new England. And pretty much as soon as we moved into our new place, we're in Rhode Island right now, um, everything shut down. So right now the routine is just maintaining one. Like I, I try to wake up at, at around six, seven o'clock in the morning, you know, take the pup out, um, try to get out for a walk maybe and and then be able to sit down like have a meal get to work fairly early just to just to again like not lose a whole lot of the day because it, it's easy when you only have four walls to stare at sometimes oh i completely relate to that like this whole living inside thing like it's just uh everything turns into a blur and you almost need some some structure just to get back on track if I was to introduce you to an audience, which essentially I am doing right now, um, like what, what's your yeah. best description of yourself? Like what, what makes you proud of you? Like what things do you talk about all the time? Like what, what is your essence? What is, what is my essence? Oh man. Um, I like immediately it's like, I am Samaj. Um, I think the people who know me, they're like, I, I get that. I know what you mean. Um, I'm a really happy go lucky guy. I'm always smiling. I'm always laughing. Um, I'm always looking to make someone laugh, whether I've known you for a really long time or you're a stranger that I ran into in an elevator. Um, my wife sometimes like will call me out on that. She's like, uh, yeah, how do you make friends wherever you go? Uh, and it's definitely lent itself well to this field uh, in terms of training. Like, I mean, as a trainer, your job is to get to know strangers, right? Your job is to, is to really make a solid connection and to build a community with people that you possibly never met before. Um, so, I mean, if a word describes me, it's, it's community. 
it's it's culture. Like I love building communities. I love connecting people as well. It's not just to myself. It's not it's not just about well, what am I interested in or what you're interested in. It's like well, huh? I I spoke to someone else who I think you'd love to uh, have a conversation with, and I think that you'd get along with awesome. And I, you know, bringing those people together has always been something that I really really enjoy doing. I like that. That's a great description, and it kind of like wraps you up in a nutshell like i think there's going to be a lot of commonalities between the two of us because like clearly i like building community as well i love talking to people if there's anything that uh COVID 19 and everything that's happening has done for me it's helped me to really open up my my world to so many other people and it doesn't matter where they're at um what they're doing um or whether i knew them before or not but when you talked about like how you were kind of like traveling from place to place, like what happened in your life that kind of motivated you to be someone that wanted to, to be out and about, to not be stuck between four walls? Um, so ever since I was a kid, we're talking 12, I'm 30 right now. So we're talking yeah, 10, 11, 12 years old. I, I always told my parents that I was leaving. Um, I was leaving our city. I was, I was going to travel. I'm going to apply to a college abroad and all these other things. And, you know, as I got older, like that was still something that I held on to. But growing up, my family didn't travel a whole lot. I'm Jamaican um, by nationality. I immigrated here when I was two-ish. So, I mean, definitely not something I decided on my own, but, you know, family brought me over. And um, trips were only going back and forth to Jamaica, going from the U.S. to Jamaica to kind of stay with family we didn't really go on vacation. We didn't travel to different spaces um, on a regular basis. So it was always something that I really wanted to do. And when I got into college, I, I made a deal with myself that wherever I was, whatever I was doing, when I hit 25, I'm going to buy a one-way ticket out. And we're just going to see what happens. Um, I'm not going to really have a plan. I'm just, I'm just going to go. And uh, I was living in Boston right after college and 25 rolled around and I fell in love and, you know, like changes plans a little bit. So we, we stayed, we hung out, we, you know, me and my, my wife right now, um, we were trying to figure each other out at the time. So the traveling took a, took a, took a back burner. Uh, it definitely went back a little bit to, to try to figure out, well, what, what does life look like beyond this like pipe dream that I have? Um, and we got married probably about five years later. We got married a, a little over a, a little over a year ago, um, and we were still talking about it. It was still something that was really important to me, like getting away, uh, living living this adventure. And after we got married, we moved down from Boston to Virginia, and we just weren't really happy. We we didn't like the direction that that our jobs were going in. We didn't necessarily think that living in the space of unhappiness was something that we wanted to, to justify or keep doing. And that opportunity showed up to like have that one way ticket and let's see what happens. So, so we decided to quit our jobs. Um, we sold some stuff. We put a bunch of other stuff in storage, lost some stuff with family. And we took a trip over to Thailand and we didn't know what we were gonna do. Um, we had gone there for our honeymoon and we loved it. So we decided to go back to the the most familiar place, I guess, um, at that time. And uh, we just started hopping from there. So we we took the things that we knew about 
what we wanted in life. And we just tried to live those. Um, for fitness, it was moving. It, it was, we simplified that down, right? It was eating good food and connecting with good people and sunlight and sleep and all those things that we profess to our clients all day long, but the, the city life and the hustle and bustle stop us from doing it. Um, we took trips like throughout Southeast Asia and then we ended up over in Europe. We ended up in Lisbon for a bit and yeah, absolutely loved that adventure. It's, it's something that sparked a lot inside of us. We still talk about when the next trip is going to be. And um, at the time as well, I, I was I was doing a mentorship. Um, shout out to Kyle Dobbs, Compound Performance. Um, and there was a challenge in there where he said, you know, figure out what you want in the next 12 weeks. And I sat down and I was like, I want to go work from a beach. And it, this all kind of came together at the same time where where it was, okay, well, happiness, my happiness, my family's happiness, my wife's happiness. Um, happiness in my career and with the people around me, like if I can't be happy, like how can I make other people happy? And, and then it was, well, Hey, challenge, set a goal. And, and yeah, everything lined up really well to just do it. It was time to pull the trigger. So we did and we don't regret it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you gave Kyle Dobbs a shout out. Cause I was like, no matter what, I'm going to give Kyle Dobbs a shout out because it's just like, when he saw that you were coming on the podcast, he gave one of those like clapping emojis. So I was like, He's pumped. He knows what's up. Um, yeah. Yeah. In in the process of like making that decision, did you have any like inner voices saying like, oh, no, you can't possibly like, did you have like doubt, self-doubt? Absolutely. So um, I actually remember family having conversations with Kayla and she had to she had to let them know that, yeah, he's scared. He's nervous because it was something that I had to fight each and every day. I had to like say out loud to myself that I'm doing this. Um, there were, there were always concerns. And I mean, you know, as a, as a trainer, you know, you joke around with your clients, oh, that was really hard. And you're like, but did you die though? Like, no. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And you hear all these voices of like, well, what if I go somewhere and I'm in the wrong place? What if in fact, like, you know, taking this, this very um, unknowing, this very blind trip, like leads to a really bad situation for me. And I was going through a period of my life where I was like, really, it was kind of face it, write down like what you possibly think could happen and then realize like how ridiculous it is. Like, and, and when I, when I kind of really boiled it down and I let myself have those conversations with myself, I came to the realization that the worst thing that could happen is that we would have an amazing trip and nothing else. I wouldn't learn anything about myself. I wouldn't learn anything about my wife. I mean, there'd be good food. I can't, we can't deny that. Like when you travel to places, we travel for food on a regular basis. So like we knew that we were going to go for food, but I thought that that, that couldn't be passed up. Like what, what could be the worst thing of that? Like the fact that I had an amazing trip, the fact that I have an amazing story to tell. Yeah. And I mean, we got so much more out of it than that. Life is different because of it. So, I mean, yeah, the voices, yes, they were there. Um, the voices never really stopped. It was just something that I pushed through. It was something that I just had to daily overcome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to hear that because I think everybody has those voices and everybody has different strategies to kind of get past it. Like, 
even the most uh, successful people in any industry, be it like restaurant, fitness, anything, are going to have those those doubts in their mind. And it's just like what tools are in their toolbox to move past those doubts. Um, let's jump in the time machine and go back to when your fitness career began. Like what was your why for being for being in this industry? Um, I think my why has generally been happiness. I've been, I've been chasing happiness for, for a really long time. I, I went to the university of Connecticut for my undergrad and I got in, into the, the business department. So I was, I was there for accounting. Um, I was taking those classes. I was taking those prereqs and I, I realized it just, it wasn't something that I enjoyed. And when I don't enjoy something, I, I tend to be very disinterested. Um, growing up, if I didn't enjoy a subject in school, like you can tell because my grades suffered because of it. Um, and it just felt like I was working way too hard to maintain grades in something that I didn't want to be in. I couldn't see myself in an office. I couldn't see myself in a cubicle um, all day long crunching numbers. It just didn't make sense. So I, I started searching for for what really interested me at the time. And, and funny enough, at the time I had started to get involved in fitness, but I didn't know that it was a career path that was viable. Um, I didn't know it was something that you could actually make a living from. And I found the kinesiology department and I was ecstatic. It's like, well, they only, at the time, they only took about 15 students and I was already at the, sec the first, second semester of my sophomore year. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to make some decisions. And I, I think I just ran, you know, jumped both feet in and didn't look back. Um, yeah. So what was your first job like? Like to go and get your first gig in the industry, what was your experience like? Was it easy, difficult? Um, it was, I, I'd say it was a little unique. Uh, so after graduating, I, I did a similar thing to the, the travel situation. Um, I went to a new city. I moved to Boston. So I went, I went to a new city, didn't know anyone, didn't know what I was going to do. And I took an unpaid internship. So I was driving from my apartment on campus up into technically it was Norwood, Massachusetts. So a little, it's about an hour South of Boston. And, um, they, they accepted me right away. Like they didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't super hard to get in, but again, like it was an unpaid internship. I was still trying to figure things out. I was still working another job to, to kind of decide if this is what I wanted to do. I, I figured out really quickly that I didn't really want to work with kids. Um, you know, and I think that's part of the whole like career path, uh, figuring out what you don't like. So you can really kind of hone in on, on what you do, like the things that you do offer, what you're really good at, you know, leaning into your strengths. Uh, so, yeah, that first that first job was was definitely an easier one to get. I think jobs after that, it was really just trying to 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 figure out where I fit, figure out what I had to offer to people, because I, I don't think that every fitness job out there is for every professional. Right. I, I don't think that everyone should be in a commercial gym and I don't think that everyone should be in a studio. Um, so I worked some some various jobs, but I think being able to connect with people definitely gave me the ability to to find and, and hold jobs pretty well. That was, I think, what most people in the fitness industry were looking for. Like they weren't sure. They want to know that you know how to coach a squat, which 
you know, when I graduated, that was the belief, like you needed to know all of the, the, the biomechanics and the biology and the physiology. And that was what was going to get you the, the position. But really, it was my ability to talk to someone. It was my ability to make a sale. And the first sale I needed to start with was selling myself. It was selling my, my personality. It was, hey, do I want to talk? Do I want to spend an hour with this person? <laughs> because that's what a training session is, right? Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, getting a job, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult. But I, I felt like I was also like listening to the right people. I was hearing the right things. Um, I, you know, I was connecting with people over at, at Cressy Performance. Like I was talking to, to folks out, out of there and they were sending out a good message. I had some friends already in the industry and people that I graduated with that I could like really lean on and ask them how they were doing and how they were getting their jobs. So, um, yeah, on the challenging, I wouldn't say it was super challenging, but at the same time, it was a lot of work. It was definitely work that you had to put in into yourself. I like it. Um, at what point in your career were you when you were like, all right, it's time to go off to Thailand, we go and what changes? Like you said, you left your job. So what were the things, mm -hmm. what were the wheels that had to turn to make all of that happen the way it did and like describe the journey? Yeah. So, um, I had been working at a commercial space in Melrose, Massachusetts, so a little bit north of the city. Um, I had been there for three years and I had a great time. Um, built up the program from the ground up, really worked on building the community there and building a really great team of trainers while I was there. Um, when I left that facility, I had started getting into more of the management space and uh, working with coach development, trainer development working with um, systems development and community development. And so I wanted to I wanted to push that a little bit. I wanted to challenge myself and like I got the training, like the training hands down was was something that I really enjoyed doing. I wanted to see if I could do something like closer to the management side of things. And um, I took a job down in Virginia doing just that. So working a bit more with, again, trainer development and and building a community and less of the training side. And um, at the same time, I was in uh, the mentorship that that Kyle put on, and really just developing certain certain aspects to myself. Um, really asking myself certain questions: What do I value? Uh, what What are my core values? What are my um, my central beliefs that I'm going to operate around? And I started to realize, you know, well, we I, I already wasn't really feeling like I was in the right space at the time, but then I started to realize that just the values were very different. Um, for the space that I was in. Um, so I, I came off a real high in my, my career and then ended up in a space where I wasn't very happy and I didn't feel like I was doing what I was meant to be doing. Um, like my, my particular purpose wasn't being fulfilled. I didn't feel and my strengths weren't being utilized super well. So it was, it was kind of, it was, it was perfect to say, well, let, let's, let's kind of clean slate. Um, tying along with that, I was also on this like financial journey of of becoming financially independent and, and really making sure that, that that area of my life was was doing what it needed to do. So again, all things lined up to, to just create this real like no brainer. Um, there's an opportunity that's right in front of us. There's not a whole lot of risk in our minds and the reward is, we, we don't even know how, how big the reward, we didn't know how big the reward would be, but we, we thought it would be pretty big. We thought we'd get a whole lot out of it. And just like in terms of being closer to your core values or just like your plan taking off, like what, what defines the reward for you? 
um, li living my purpose, I guess, you know, and again, it's chasing happiness, right? It's like, if I'm, and I'm not saying like this, this futile, like immediate gratification style of happiness, but if day in and day out, like I feel robotic or I feel like I'm not, I'm not connecting with people. I'm not having meaningful conversations. I'm not, I'm not changing a life, um, especially in, in our career, right? And in my career, I, f I feel like I need to be helping someone. And that's really a, that's, it's kind of a selfish thing, right? It's, it's that, it's, it's that, that give and take. It's like, I'm helping you, but I'm really getting a whole lot out of it myself. I, I felt like I needed to, to be able to continue to do that. And the travel was, it's, it's again, a bit selfish. It's me working on me. It's me opening up my horizon. It's me developing various lenses. Um, it's me having enough experience so that I can really connect with more people. Um, yeah, that, that's, I think that's what really defined it for me. It's that, that search for happiness. And I'd love to bring other people happiness. I, and if I can't be happy, I don't know if I can, if I can do that. Yeah, well, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, I feel like we're a very similar person in that, like, I too search for the pursuit of happiness. And I make my career decisions mm -hmm. based on like values. And I I kind of like, I like that uh, you went through that Kyle Dobbs mentorship, because then I get to, to kind of hear what, what your experience was like with that. Like, it's definitely been something that's on my list. I haven't done it yet, but I've been following him. And He's been on the podcast and I've had chats with him. I'm like, yeah, like him and I are on the same page, which I think is important. On that note, what what brought you to Kyle Dobbs? Like what what brought him into your life? Um, so I had started asking better questions. Um, I think for a long time I was looking for for answers. I was looking for, well, well, how much money do I want to make? And what does my career look like? What does my, my work-life balance look like? And, you know, like, where am I? And all these other things. And I think I had started asking myself again, like really boiling it down, like what, what does happiness look like for me? Um, like, what is my, how does my family talk about me? And when I say family, like, I mean the people that, that matter, like not the, not the haters, because you have haters in your family too, right? But, but how does my wife look at me? And what are the feelings that she has behind her eyes? You know, how, how will my future children look at me and say, like, you know, what, what will they say about me? What, how will they feel about the person that I am? And, and will they be like, I want to be like that? Uh, I feel compelled to do something great because of what I heard or what I saw him do. And again, like really, really in depth. But how did I get to this mentorship? I started asking some better questions and I started finding people who are also asking better questions. Um, I think for the longest, it was like, I was looking for the answers. Well, what's the best program and what's the best structure? And Kyle was like, well, what do you want? I think he, he asked me what, what makes you happy? And I was like, Whoa, no one's ever, I've been asking myself that, you know, I've got to that space where I wanted to know what makes me happy, but you asked me and I'm like, wait, hold on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've defined it. I don't know if the answer is right. And I started having to say certain things out loud to myself. Um, and granted, like Kyle wasn't the first stop. Like I, I, I worked out at a gym in college at a gym in college, um, called lightning fitness. And at that gym, I got into strongman. 
Um, it was one of the places that I started working out where I was like, I think fitness is something that I want to get into. Um, while I was there, Pat Davidson was also there. And so I knew, I knew of him, we had conversations and, and then later on, like I saw what he was doing in this like fitness combined with PRI and, and all of these other things that I haven't, I hadn't thought about. And again, I felt like he was asking some interesting questions that I don't think that other people were asking. And, and the community of people that surrounded him, like eventually led me to having a conversation with Kyle where I was sitting down saying like, yeah, I, I don't know if this is where I want to be right now. And, and I'm, I don't know if anyone's ever offered me another solution. And again, like it wasn't a solution that he offered me. He was, he just really asked me what I wanted and how he could help me get there. And I, I thought that aligned like amazingly with, you know, everything that I try to do with clients and everything that I try to do with, you know, the people in my life. So it, it just, it was a, it was a connection immediately. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. And it's just like asking, asking the right questions and kind of like us as trainers and you talk about connection and just like, rather than like putting in front of our clients, what we think that they want, just learning what, what do they want? Like, what are they here for? Like what, what makes them happy? What do they enjoy in their sessions? And like, what, what is their actual end desire for their self-betterment or accountability yeah. that they're seeking? Um, when you talked about uh, Thailand, you kind of talked about uh, like learning some stuff, learning stuff about your wife, learning stuff about yourself. Like, what did you learn? What, what changed? What shifted in that uh, trip that you did? Yeah. Um, so working on a beach is unrealistic. Um, computers and sand don't really get along. So I did very little working from a beach. Um, not to say I didn't go outside. I spent a lot of time outside. I spent a lot of time in various places, but I think I learned what I, what I actually wanted from that experience. Um, I learned that Traveling definitely gives you a different lens. Again, it gives you a different perspective to look through. Not everyone is working out three times a week and eating this like very macroed out meal plan. I think that was one of the immediate switches that I made where I was trying to fit everyone into this box of like, well, you know, if you're going to work out any less than that, like this isn't, this is probably not for you. Um, if, if you're not going to be able to eat, you know, the Greek yogurt and the chicken breast and, and the broccoli, like, uh, you're probably not going to be able to succeed super well. Um, people are doing really well with fitness all around the world, doing very like vastly different things. It, it taught me that there isn't a one size fit all. And, and sometimes it's not that we're so specific that no one else can fit into that mold. That mold can be really big for us in our space, but until you see the larger picture, until you, you really get out of that box, however big that box may be, you don't know the extent of what, of what is going on here. And we're just talking about fitness, right? Um, I think it, it led me to a space where I could connect a bit better with my clients. It wasn't a pass fail anymore. I, could, I felt like I could be there for them in a way that, that allowed them to succeed better, that, allowed them to to get away from this like negative self-talk about themselves from their experiences with fitness which i feel like a lot of people had 
um, a lot of my clients definitely had where it's like, well, I missed the gym, you know, for the last like couple of days. I know Samaj is going to be really upset with me. It's like, no, no. Like, what is it that you want to do? I remember having a conversation with someone um, after after the trip where and it, I don't know how to say why it's related, but, you know, she was the, the woman I was talking to was, was telling me, like, oh, I don't really get out to walk that much. And I'm like, how do you feel about that? She's like, yeah, I feel really bad. I'm like, stop. Like, what are you choosing over that? Like, well, I just had a baby. I'm like, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Choose your baby over walking on a regular basis. That's fine. Don't make yourself feel bad about these circumstances, this life that, that you have that you are creating for yourself. Let's see what we can do to make it more conducive to what you actually want versus it being like, well, you know, like, you really got to walk because the American Heart Association statistics say that if you don't get 150 minutes of low intensity cardio every week, you're dead. It's like, I, I don't like what, what is that conversation? How do you build that connection? I learned to connect with people like in, in such an interesting way, especially when language ends up being a barrier. You have to learn different ways to connect with people. It's like one of those senses went off. Right. It's like people say if you're blind, like your senses go up in these other places. Um, you have to be able to use them. I, I think I was able to have these conversations with folks while we were away that were very, very, they were, they were very deep. They were very co connected conversations, but it wasn't full of all this fluff that we, that we have. It wasn't full of all this, like the small talk was gone. You can't talk about the weather. You can't talk about sports. Like that's not coming across. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't know how to talk about sports and tie. Like it wasn't something I knew how to say hello and then start to have a very broken English style of conversation going forward. So, I mean, I came back feeling like a better communicator. Um, so, I mean, go figure, you go to places where you can't communicate and that's how you learn how to communicate. Um, about myself, like I realized that I, there, there's a, there's a limit to my inside time too. Like we, we were, we were stuck in spaces for some periods of time because of, whether it was like work or we were like in a plane, like the trip to Thailand is a 20 hour plane ride. Um, so when, when I got to these places, it was like, I need to get outside. I need to breathe air. And somehow in, a, in America, or at least like in the, in the States, definitely use, we conflate like being outside with being in the car, like they're the same thing. Um, and it's not, it just feels like it is to a point. It's like, oh, I've been outside all day. It's like, no, you were in your car for three hours. Uh, that's not that's not being outside like life felt different life there were more hours in the day somehow like i felt like i was being more productive so i mean i think i kind of ranted a little bit but i got I, there's a lot like to unpack this right now <laughs> there was a lot that i got from traveling like we learned we learned about things that we don't like we learned about things that we absolutely love and we cannot live without um from from food to to various culture to just learning something new and trying something challenging like I, we tried so many different challenging things. Like uh, I, when we were in, we were in Bali and it was the first time that I had ridden a moped on the opposite side of the road in a country that doesn't necessarily have the strictest of like motor vehicle laws. And I don't know if I've been scared in a, in a while, but I was nervous. Like there, there aren't, it's not, you know, you pull over to the side of the road, you pull over and you're in a rice paddy. Like 
you're you're stuck like you're, you might you might be injured there were people walking around on crutches like and they were tourists like tourists were doing some reckless things but there were people walking around on crutches through a lot of volley and and i think learning from those like really challenging experiences like let me know that these these trivial things that we think about sometimes like coming back like what's what's difficult what's hard what's hard about building a business and reaching out to people and and putting yourself out there like uh, there, there's probably more challenging things in the world. Like if you can put it in perspective, right? So again, I'm I'm kind of ranting, but that's hopefully that was that that was kind of clear. Yeah, absolutely, you nailed it. And I like when the guest goes on, on rambles because it kind of keeps me in check. I have no problem talking and talking and talking. But then, what would the podcast be if it was just me rambling? And so, <laughs> some things that kind of stood out to me with with everything that you shared. Uh, I really liked what you talked about with um, the vehicle, like that we think we're outside when we're in the vehicle, but really we're not. We're inside of a a vehicle. We're not outside. We're not by nature. We're not under the sunlight. We're not in the fresh air. Um, When we transfer that over to the everyone's COVID-19 experience, did you find that uh, certain things that you thought were good enough were no longer good enough now that you've been um, in like quarantine or uh, whatever term you'd like to call it, but COVID-19 essentially, like how have things changed in your mind since this big pandemic? <sighs> um, so, I mean, for me, it's it was, it was a lot of shock at first because again, like we, we had just been, all over the place. Like even when we came back, like, like I said, we came back in November, we had been through three states. Like we were kind of moving back and forth through three different states, trying to figure out where we were going to land and end up. We were talking about going on another trip, like venturing through South America. And then all of a sudden we had decided like, uh, things are getting a little weird around here. So let's kind of stay in one space for a bit and see what happens. And, and we were, pretty much locked into a space. Um, I mean, the things that are important, I think for me, they've, they've always been important, but family and connection, like is, is something that I think people are starting to realize, but, but hopefully you knew that before, right? You know, um, I, I really started to, to connect. I have three younger brothers. They are 12, 18 and 19. So like a bit, definitely a bit younger than myself. And I miss them. Like, and I think like for the longest I had been like so busy with my own life, whether it was going through college and, and them doing their own things at home or trying to build a career and being in a different state, but traveling and just not being in the same country where I could have gone like months without speaking to them. And, and right before this all happened, I'd started really, you know, trying to build a, a, a bit of a deeper relationship with, with my brothers and, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, you can't like th- that. I was really upset about that. You know, um, I think I think communication is always going to be key, like having to being in a place like with with my wife all day long. Like, granted, I, I love my wife. Like, she, she's an amazing person. Um, she can hear me, too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, be, being being in um, being in a place all day long, like I'm sure we get under each other's skin on a regular basis. Um, I'm sure I, I, I take her off a bit more than she ever bothers me, but, but you have to learn how to like work with that and, and figure out, well, what can I do a little bit better to, 
to make sure that things are clear because it's it's not that I don't think it's usually that like people are really like angry with you know family and all these things it's that communication breaks down right um something's not being understood or something's not being communicated super clearly so i think those things that have been important to me just really got a, a big highlighter family's super important you know um, my wife is super important to me um i could probably do just about anything for work as long as i can help and connect with people and be really happy i cannot work and as long as I can help people and be really happy, I'm okay. Cause that that's what we did traveling for a period of time as well. We were building businesses. Like, so we were moving everything to this online space and I was, I was happy. I mean, sure. Don't, don't pay me and let's, let's just talk. Um, and granted like, yeah, building a business, I need to be, I need to be paid, right? Like money's a conversation to be had. And, um, but but I really, you know, when they say find something that you enjoy doing, like no matter what, like given any situation, like I really started to realize and even now, like, yes, this is what I'm absolutely meant to be doing. You have a lot of time in quarantine to sit down with your own thoughts. And I'm sure this is really challenging, a challenging time for some people who've never given their thoughts the, the kind of uh, time that they need. They've been ignoring that stuff with their their car ride and their podcasts. Um, they've been ignoring that stuff with being busy. And I think I'd stopped doing that a bit before COVID happened. Uh, so it, like I said, I think it's a night and day situation from the traveling, but it was also something that I kind of welcomed a little bit as well, because I felt, I felt that it, it could, there, there's positive that came from, right? Like I, I definitely do miss these people, but I'm glad that I miss them. And when this is over and it's already kind of started, right? Like people are kind of getting back together. But when this is all over, like that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the birthday celebrations. I'm looking forward to the get togethers. I'm looking forward to the hugs and, and the deep conversations and the not so deep conversations. Yeah. All that, all that great stuff. Well, I mean, I like that you highlighted that stuff because I think it's a lot of things that kind of get tiptoed around. We took tiptoe around how like sometimes we're not even that upset about like, our business or our workplace we're upset because in our mind we wanted to build deeper connections and now we have lost access to be able to build into those connections like i think about like my friend circle and my family and stuff i'm like yeah like 2020 i was going to um schedule things around like my my personal social connections and i was going to not like be all in on my business and just be like okay everything else is dead to me i was going to really water those plants of like family and friends and then all of a sudden pandemic and it's like like morally irresponsible to go and visit people kind of thing and then we we start to learn like okay like now now we're learning what what defines connection we're learning how to learn about people through the internet through our video calls through our messages learning to um sit with our own thoughts as you said like just kind of getting getting reflective in a way that we've never gotten reflective before and just thinking to ourselves but with that tangent out of the way i'm curious like how how did you and your wife meet how did that come to be um, so the story I tell is I found her on the internet. Um, we went to the same school. We actually both went to UConn, but we didn't know each other. Uh, we hadn't met 
at UConn. We knew of each other. Um, the, the black community at UConn isn't the biggest thing in the world. So it's like, easy, it's kind of easy to, to know who's there. We had very different circles of friends. Um, and then when I moved to Boston, she grew up in Boston. She's lived there her whole life. I started like looking like, well, who do I know? Cause I know no one here now. Like I don't have family here. I don't, I don't, I didn't come here with anyone. And again, community, like that's, it's, it's big for me, right? Connection. So who can I connect with right off the bat? And um, she came up in a feed. Funny enough, I think she was deleting her or her Facebook at the time. So we had started a conversation and then the conversation kind of went dead. So, you know, we, she had, she went, she deleted the Facebook and then probably a year later, she comes back up and we start the conversation back up. And um, I asked her out on a date, you know, I, we, we went out and we had a great time. Subsequent dates since like, you know, life has just continually gotten better. Um, Things moved pretty fast. I think the first year we had moved in together by the end of that year. And fast forward five years and, and I proposed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a little bit of a better story than just meeting on the internet. Like there, there's some backstory, there's oh, some yeah. substance. Um, when it comes to like, you, you talked about like the black community at, at school and stuff like, what what was that experience like? Did you find that everything went well? Did you find that there was obstacles? Um, what was your educational experience? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a weird time to talk about it, right? Being, being black, there's always obstacles. Like, like, is there obstacles? Yeah. Like there, people make obstacles. Um, The black community at UConn wasn't the biggest thing. Again, it was probably, it was probably around like, 10, if not lower percent of the, the population at UConn. Um, the community was pretty tight though. So like people, there were there was support, there was resources, um, there's access to things. During my undergrad was also when Obama ran for president for the first time. So there was a lot of excitement during that time as well. Um, while i was there i don't think i paid attention a whole lot to those challenges i saw them i realized they were there and i kept pushing like i moved it out of my way and i was like well cool like i I grew up in a family where it was like you know understand that this is reality and that you have you have to do something about it um there's, there's a prayer that I grew up hearing. It was like, you know, God grant me the serenity to change the things that I can, accept the things that I can't and know the difference. And I think where I, I felt like I could make an impact, I put myself there. Um, where I felt like my voice wasn't being heard, I went, I just kind of transitioned a little bit. I moved over slightly to create better leverage and create a louder voice for myself. Um, I didn't sit down to ask like if someone was doing something or saying something because of the color of my skin. I just realized that there was, there was a whole lot of pushback in certain areas and, and moved over to another space. Um, you know, the whole, I, 
with Bruce Lee, be water, my friend. Right. And, and I think that that's what I felt like I could do at the time. But yeah, that answers that question. Absolutely. No, like you, it's cool how much I get to learn as a podcast host, um, getting to understand, like I could like write a book from the lessons that I learned on resilience or perspective or point of view. Um, and it's kind of like how we talked about like being on the side of the road in Thailand teaches you kind of how really are these problems that we face here at home problems or are they just things that we are putting too much too much attention on um, the amount of like life lessons that I can get from a conversation with someone like yourself just like understanding that hey like you might be stressed but are you going to spend all your time being stressed or are you going to spend your time moving forward. Um, it's really cool. Like it's, I, I can't put enough value on it because then it teaches me to like give my head a shake. Like I, I might have, like, we talked about how we don't know what day it is. Well, it's like, okay, big deal. Get a sticky note and write down what day it is. And then just do the things that are, are set for that day. Um, with that being said, and your experience of like, what day is it? Like, what are the things that you have to have in your routine that kind of keep you at peace and keep you in your best mental state. Cause we've got all this stuff going on in the world. Like it kind of feels like everything's coming crashing down, but despite all of that, you have your purpose, you have your why, how do you get closest to your purpose and your why despite everything going on? Um, again, pur- purpose and like, why is still like be happy, right? Yeah. Um, so the person that I'm closest right now both physically emotionally um spiritually is my wife we we are spending a lot of time together and it's it's been easy to to use time as connection and it's it's not the same right so so purposefully making time to connect daily um weekly over certain things um monthly over others so that we're not just going through the motion of morning. Hey, okay, cool. It's time for your meeting. Oh, it's time for my meeting. Um, okay, we switch places, like move here. We live in a loft, so we don't have walls. Um, so we have to work around each other quite a bit when it comes to our jobs. And um, I think trying to actually, it's, it's almost opposite of making it just routine, like trying to, very, trying to be very intentional about the routine that I create. Um, I think one of the things that, that Kyle says in the mentorship is if you don't prioritize something, something will be prioritized for you, right? You, you have a routine, whether you think you do or not, your routine just may be sitting on the couch and binge watching series of things on Netflix. And you're like, well, how did I lose days? It's like, well, it's, it's pretty easy. Like <laughs> if you really look at it, um, you know, when I work with nutrition clients, it's the same thing. If, if you talk about having a template, they're like, oh, no, like having this structure. I'm like, you have structure. You eat out three times a week religiously. We can look at it like there is structure. You're just not calling it that. Um, so I think being very intentional about the things that I do. If I'm going to sit down and do work, it's not just a, I'm going to work real hard, grind all day, every day. It's like, no, who am I going to connect with and what do they need to hear from me? Um, taking care of myself, you know, like. I, I could say I'm just going to go work out and work out freely. And I have stuff in my apartment. And if I don't have a routine when it comes to that, it's just not happening. So I have to be very intentional about, 
okay, cool. I'm going to do this for my workout routine and I'm going to do, I'm going to eat these foods. Um, I'm going to plan out my nutrition and I'm going to go get 10,000 steps in the day and not just back and forth in my apartment. Like I can go outside, right? Corona isn't this like crazy airborne disease based on who you speak to. Um, but you know, like walking various neighborhoods and even that, like that's been my travel right now. It's, it's, it's making, it's making connection with people, even if it might just be from across the street and you can just give a solid nod. Like I'm here, I see you, I support you. Um, because everyone's going through something right now. Like this is a hard time for everyone. And I might be the only like, you know, the fact that they can see me smile through my, uh, through my face mask. It's like, and you can tell, right? Like you can tell when someone's smiling just the way their eyes are set. Um, and I've seen that so many times, like walking, walking through. So I, again, being intentional about that stuff being intentional about like what you're doing, even though you may be in these four walls and how you're spending your time. And I'm not, I'm not saying like write down every minute of your day, but you know, whether it's like, you know, one, two, three things that you're just going to really put effort in and feel good about um, has been my way to know like, okay, well it's, it is Tuesday. <laughs> I got it. It's, it's yeah. And like, I still have to check, like, am I right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's Tuesday. Well, you nailed it. And I liked how you put that because like I, I've pointed out a lot the value or at least the evidence of like smiling. Like if I have like a face mask on, you can still see if I'm smiling based on like the crow's feet and everything. And it's that is a yeah. great part of connection when like basically it seems as though we almost notice it more in this time than we've ever noticed it before. Like we, we took for granted those little moments where maybe you're stocking up your groceries and you see one of the employees and you smile at them, whereas you could just walk right on by. Like we notice those things and we notice how much um, people as individuals like need that as like a requirement of their of their health. Like if, if we're in the fitness space, we should be like experts of like what a person needs for for their social health, like for for their community and for the things that uh fulfill the other parts of their health the parts that are outside of the gym outside of those like five three hours a week or whatever it may be for each person um with with all of that being said um when it comes down to your your goals that you set because you really talked about um how age 25 had some significance for you do you have other goals that are based around other ages or like, how do you set goals or what, what's your next goal? Talk to me on that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, the most recent one that I really tried to go on was this like venture off, build this business. Let's see if I can do it. I mean, if you've, if you picked up by now, like I'm a two feet in kind of person, it's like, huh, Hey, smudge is the water cold. Oh, let me find out. Um, so one of my big things is location independence. Um, I very much so, because I have family spread out all over the place, I realized I don't want work to be a reason why I can't connect with people. Um, working in Boston, my family's in Connecticut. As a trainer, you're working 12 to 15 hour days, like when you're really getting after it, right? Like in-house, it's really easy to do that. Um, there was weekends, what weekends? Like I, w I wasn't being, I wasn't able to visit family for, for certain things. And I mean, holidays, maybe like, you know, tell people I'm going to take some time off, but otherwise you're pretty much running your own business. So location independence was something that um, started to really appeal to me. How could I move things 
to an online space. How could I continue to help people the way that I'd like to help them, but also not sacrifice other people in my life that are very important to me and other things in my life that are very important to me. So that's my current, that's my journey right now is, is how can I create that? And COVID really gave me time to, to really hammer into that because you're forced to be in one location that, that isn't conducive to being stuck at work. Right. And, and you can definitely be stuck at work at home, which I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, but um, for trainers, I think we had to, if you didn't have these tools, you had to get them fast or your business wasn't going to survive. Um, so that that's that's one of the things. I haven't put age on that. I'm trying not to put ages on things anymore because I realize life is kind of fluid. It, it, it's gonna move. Things are going to shift. If I can get it done earlier, I'm gonna get it done earlier. Um, if I can make a jump, if I if I need to wait a little bit to make a jump, like I'm, I think I'm willing to, to decide that that's important for me based on the time of, the time in my life that I'm at. Um, the other thing is uh, financial independence. So I got into a lot of the, a lot of the uh, finance spaces over the last maybe three years, um, and I got really fascinated with this movement called Fire. It's a uh, financial independence, retire early, and um, you know that was one of the other things I pulled from traveling. Like you go to some of these places, and people aren't, they're not living to work. Like one of the the most like amazing and also frustrating things in in Portugal was the fact that we would take these naps in the morning because we were we had just gone like six hours into a time difference and we were jet lagged for a bit of that trip, um, and we'd wake up at like you know noon like we'd wake up at at five or six and then do a bunch of work and then fall asleep and wake up at noon one or two and go out and starving like we need to find food and nothing's open. Like everything is shut down. The whole the the whole area that we were in was on siesta, and you could find like a coffee, but you no one was cooking you food. Like everyone was out having conversations and connecting and talking and being around their family and helping their their kids with homework and all these things. Um, so I, I you know I just I really I really got into this space of like I can't live to work anymore. Like work work has to be something that is coherent with my life. It's not something that that makes or breaks it, or it's not a this or that kind of conversation. It needs to fit. It needs to fit really well. Um, so that's that's kind of something that I've moved towards, whether it's like reading books, like I ascribe to different different podcasts and people like to, to set up the systems in life that make that possible. We met a couple in Portugal while we were there, we retired at 40, um, th them and their young kids. And like when I say retired, like they don't need to work. They they do the things that they love to do. And I think that's always been something that I've searched for in my life. Like I'd, I'd love to train people for free, but I can't cause I obviously have to put food on the table and I need to like put clothes on my back. But if I could get to a space where I didn't need the money, it's like, let me just help people. Like I, I'd love to do that. So I think that that drives me a whole lot. And the, the both are conducive, the location independence and the financial independence. Right. Um, I love travel. I love getting to different spaces. I, we, we were on a plane like at least once a month when we were abroad and multiple times in a couple of those months, like we were traveling somewhere else. And um, I love that, that I, like idea to life, like a vacation isn't, isn't this like two weeks in the summer that you have free or, you know, like when your clients aren't around, um, I can just go somewhere else and I can set up shop wherever I am and help the people that I, that I want to help while experiencing that culture, that place and those people. Um, 
Yeah, I think those two right now are, are kind of what I'm, I'm really pushing for. And, and again, like it's it ties in a bunch of other goals, like building this online space to help people as much as possible and and becoming just overall a better trainer. What, what does my voice sound like? It's easy to to really start to get like repetitive and to just repeat. It's a, we're all parrots in some way, right? We're just repeating sometimes the things that we hear and and the the people that are are agreeing with us and confirming our particular set of beliefs and it's it's sometimes a little um it's scary sometimes like stepping out and saying something that is your own words and and feeling good about it and being able to stand behind it because then the voices start again the the imposter syndrome and is is that good enough it's it's your own but you know is it is it right is it perfect what's so and so going to say about it so yeah, I think it, getting into the, those spaces, I feel, is, is where my goals are currently set up for. Well, I mean, that those are awesome goals. I think they're important. And just like the whole thought of like siesta, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I like to siesta as well. And I think about like my my journey as a podcast host and like this, this doesn't provide any income for me at this point. But like what it really does provide for me is that connection, that ability to like foster true like meaningful connections with people and just being able to like pivot and talk to different people at different times and learn things that I know nothing about or learn things that I know a little bit about and I just need to hear it from somebody else too like um in in this episode honestly like there's so many things that I'm like, yeah, I'm on the same page. And then other things where I'm like, oh, I learned something that I never even considered that, which is like the value in like expanding, like who you talk to and practicing listening skills. Um, so I have two final questions for you. And the second last question for you is in the last seven days, what is something that's happened to you that has brought you the most joy, made you feel the best in the last seven days? I have a really blessed life. <laughs> um, like it immediately, it's not even a matter of like, huh, I wonder what that would be. It's like, there's a lot of things that make me really happy. Um, it was my wife's birthday yesterday and I really enjoy other people's birthdays, like much more than my own in most cases. Like my own, I'm like, yeah, let's just do whatever. Um, for my birthday this year, we went on this like taco adventure um, up and down New England. And um, like for me, it was just like, I just want to eat some tacos. And, you know, she put something together that was really great. But it was her birthday yesterday. And I just like, I just want her to smile. Like, you know, and that, like when you say that, that's, that's the immediate thing I thought of. Like anytime I'm able to make her smile, it's amazing. Um, when I'm able to make her laugh uncontrollably, I feel like I won. Like, I feel like I did something that, that fulfills me as a person. Um, I was able to see some family. I was able to connect with certain people because like we're starting to be able to travel a little bit more and get together. Um, so that that was amazing. Um, some of the client conversations I've had this week, you know, just getting people away from this like really like hardcore, we need to fit this round peg into this square hole type of mentality. It's like light life what's important let's really talk about it because i think you mentioned it a little bit but there's all these spheres of life that we don't always consider not just in training but here in, in america and in our in our spaces in our cities in our towns like 
who considers being happy anymore? It's like, well, yeah, go ahead, be happy after you've bought your house and and you you're stable and you're you're working your job and then then you go look for happiness like after the fact. Um, yeah, I think I think of all these like real little things that just mean a whole lot to me and like those those are those are my real life golden moments throughout the week. Yeah, that's awesome. You nailed that one. So last question for you is if you could give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? I would say that the negative voices are are supposed to be there. They're not uncommon. They're not they're not supposed to go away. And they're not for you to sit down and harp on and listen to. Um, I mean, I think we've, we've grown up being told that the butterflies in our stomach are a good thing. I think if someone said like, no, butterflies in your stomach are telling you that something's dangerous and something's like super challenging is about to happen uh, or something super scary is about to happen. Um, I think love is a scary thing. And I think if we related those butterflies to like, be careful, you know, tread with caution, like less people would hop into some precarious situations because of love. Um, I think those voices are the same thing, right? That negative self-talk, like let it in some cases, hopefully, be uh, a clue that you're going in the right direction, that you're a normal human being who questions if this is the right thing for me to do. And in fact, if you're not questioning those things, if you're not, if you're not wondering if, if this is the right thing or the, the choices that you're making are the right choices, then you know your goals are where you're going. They, they may not be big enough. They may not be challenging enough. And hopefully the things that we're doing are challenging us to ask ourselves better questions. Uh, they're challenging us to be better people. In being a better person, I found that I go through a whole slew of emotions and not all of them are welcomed. I'd much rather, you know, pick up a task and a goal and say, I can definitely do this. And here are the steps. I'm going to go achieve it now. Check done. No struggle whatsoever. But our stories that we create for ourselves, they're, I mean, the, the plot of a story, a hero's journey is life, right? there's going to be a struggle. And the struggle almost makes the destination. So again, like to that, to that doubt, to that negative self-talk, lean into it. Lean into it and just go because you're gonna appreciate the, the end result and the outcome that much more. You're heading in the right direction. You know, if your values and your heart are in the right place, let that, let that be the thing that guides you and motivates you and pushes you let that that negative self-talk just like be this like bystander this passenger on the way because it's probably again it's never going to leave i can't i know some people who are like yeah i just ignore it and i push it down i'm not that person i've tried it doesn't it doesn't work for me but when i've when i've pushed through it when i've let it come along and just continue to do the things that i knew were right I, I've, I feel like I've done some amazing things. I feel super blessed to, for the life that I have. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't 
for pushing through some of that stuff and, and continuing past, like, despite those thoughts. That's an amazing answer. Like, honestly, I ask that question every episode and I think you hit it out of the park. And so now I have a challenge oh, for you. Um, every episode as of late, I've given my audience a challenge. And in the last few episodes, I've had the guest put out that challenge. So your task at hand is, I'm going to get you to see your challenge for the day is, and then you're just going to give my audience a challenge and then they're going to have to take that on. Your challenge for the day is do something that makes you genuinely uncomfortable. Step out of your box, out of your comfort zone. Do something that, that helps you to grow and to be a better person that really just like you're sweating thinking about doing it. It's scary to think about doing it. Do it. I love that. That's perfect. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Ah, oh, dude, thank you so much for having me. It was amazing.